is up, everybody, and welcome to episode 93 of the Simpson Lefko podcast. My name is Adam Lefko. His name is the indefatigable, incontrollable, unmistakable Chris Sims. Is that is that Howard Cosell or Stephen A. Smith? His name. Oh, wow. That's interesting that the two could be confused for each other. Yeah. And he is a cruncher of numbers, a man that needs no slumber, a pumper. Howard Cosell. Josh Fincher. Howard Cosell, one of his first defiant statements about my father was that they would never win with Phil Sims. Wow. Yeah. Did he ever apologize? R.I.P. Howard. But yeah, eat Howard's that crap. Eat that crap, Howard. Uh, Indomitian Sue, uh, Kevin Dodd, Calais Campbell, Jabal Sheard, John Randall, I would say, is probably Ooh. the best number 93. And my friend Dan wanted me to say... I guess Trevor Laws was 93 well, for the Eagles. I mean, do do we have a 93 for the Rutgers? No say, 93 from Rutgers. Did Sorry, you say guys. Dwight Freeney? I did not say Dwight Freeney. Dwight and Freeney. guess who else is a 93? Guest of the podcast coming up later today, Gerald McCoy. Yeah. Is that perfect. That is a tease right there. I mean, perfect. that was that was seamless, Adam. Isn't Corey Lugit, is Corey Lugit 93? Lugit? Uh, he, I don't know. Right. Uh, Daniel McCullers, 93. Um so, before we get to football and we get ready for another awesome week, uh, Legion is 94. Oh, Pretty wrong. good try. Uh, we are getting ready for week 15. Where the hell has the season gone? It's Two crazy. news and notes. Uh, we have the Bleacher Report Christmas party, or excuse me, holiday party. I believe tonight. it's actually called the end of year party. You can't endorse holidays. My gosh. Oh, you can't endorse holidays? No. <laughs> holidays are non existent oh, in corporate it, America. It's, it's not fair. And, and typical Sims. Typical. Typical Sims. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there the day of. Oh, I don't think I'll be there. That's such bull crap. It's just bull crap. You're not going to show up. I went to last year. You're not a team player. The last time. Did we you? Because had- I think you left early and went and had dinner. Well, I mean. I- uh, my job is only to watch football, and we had no TV in the So Thursday you let me walk around like the mayor and shake hands and meet all the wives and girlfriends and husbands and boyfriends. I, I, I did it, but I just it was a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And then the last time we had an event uh, at another Sky Room, I was there, and you guys were not. Uh, it was Turner through it. And I Typical was Sims. Yep. Distraction. Just, just right. a corporate, Fake just a news. Guy. <laughs> Fake news. Meanwhile, um, I want to give out some thoughts and prayers and make sure that you're okay. And a huge surprise, Fendrick was not one of the ass kickers of the year. And I thought you were going to be. Well, I'm, I'm just not even going to respond to this. Of course he won't because he's truly an ass kicker. No, well, he's... And I want you to know that I wanted to pull up a full protest that Thanks, you should have gotten. Like. I appreciate that. He's full, he was last year's ass kicker. He's the first ever ass kicker. And that's an award we give out here at Bleacher Report for somebody yes. doing great work for those who's listening. I think but I do well in those videos. He's <laughs> past the even capable of receiving the ass kicker. Your Sims, like, we're not allowed. We're like not eligible. Well, I don't even work for Bleacher Report. Technically, I'm not a Bleacher Report employee. You're a contributor. I am a, I am a, You're a senior NFL correspondent. I'm a licensed contractor. I am an independent business right here. What baby. is my actual title? Because I don't think host is good enough. What should my title be? Uh, uh, host slash office morale liaison. <laughs> office morale liaison. <laughs> Big mouth. Where else are you going to go there, mouth, pal? Slash pain in the ass slash... My fingers are in my nose a little too much. I did. I picked my nose. I said, Sims, can I see your notebook? And he said, no. And I went, I'll get the Purell. And then <laughs> you let you. me do it. Thank you. Uh, I want to do a deeper dive because what happens is, is, as we always know, you go back and watch more film of the games. And sometimes you learn things that maybe you didn't see before. Uh, let's talk about the Monday night game. Uh, that's the game we didn't get to talk about on Monday's show. Yep. Patriots, Ravens. Your overall takeaway is... Is I think everyone's overall takeaway is here are the Patriots. It's funny. Three weeks ago we were going, oh no, Seattle, it's all crumbling down. Yes, and now they're back in a big way. They're back. It's amazing. I just as I was watching the game, I go like, it's amazing what a little hatred and motivation will do to you too. I mean, it's those kind of games that will get everybody like buckled up and back on details and things like that, knowing that it's a playoff atmosphere type of game against a, an opponent that could beat you. I thought it was one of the better games they played all year, other than the two special. Was that game a turnovers. bad Baltimore offense? or a good Patriots defense? This, this is what I don't really understand, and I wrote this in my notes. You probably saw it. It's just, first of all, 
where the hell was the run game? They actually opened Marty up. Marty Morningway, they, dude. He, he just can't help himself. He does it every year. So that was extremely frustrating because when they did run the ball, they actually opened up some holes. So their plan of attack was, I thought, offensively really stupid. Mm. New England, what they're doing on defense, if New England plays what they're playing right now, they're going to be hard to beat. I don't know of anybody. They have gone into the last two weeks – Really, two and a half weeks. I saw a little of it in the Jets game as well, where it was close here. They've gone into creative zone packages, and they almost look like the Baltimore Ravens and what they do on defense. Showing something and dropping out. You're and right. A lot of times they would show something and then only bring four, exactly but you don't right. know which four. They brought three and four the whole night. I mean, really, I would prefer teams to do that. I think blitzing, we talk about all the time, it's almost like giving the offense a pass sometimes. There's no doubt. The, the blitzes, you don't know where it's coming from. Right. You could do that without bringing it too many people. Yeah, and if it's an offense that you feel like you have somewhat of a hold on their tendencies as far as what they like to do, then Bill can be creative to say, no, drop over this way a little farther because when they're in this formation there's always two or three guys over here i think of the time shea mcclellan dropped right back into a running back pass and, hit, and the one uh, and then he right. had one tipped down yeah, he but, he, he, but, right. he, but he did a drop back on an angle yeah yeah so yeah. you think the patriots you like because you don't like when teams don't have enough big people but we were talking earlier they might have the athletes at linebacker even without Jamie Collins, yes. that they might get it done. Kyle Van Noy is taking Jamie Collins' place as that passing down linebacker. Didn't you see a ton of Alandon Roberts? No, he was not in there much this game. In fact, I, was, I actually was going to ask that because I was like, man, was he hurt a little mm. last week? I don't know what it was. Uh, but regardless, yes, he was not in. They're like, they have big people. They just don't play them all together. There's games where I just go, like, Put all four of your big people in. They're going to run the ball here. Who are their four big people for people? You know, they have um, the Valentine kid who they drafted okay. out of Nebraska this yes. year. They have Alan Branch. Who's uh, their, like, staple big he's guy. He's their staple big guy. And then Malcolm Brown. And I'm choking on the spot here, so I have to pull up their roster because I can't remember who the fourth one is. But regardless, just to, as we're sitting here, what they do so much is put Malcolm Brown, Alan Branch – on the field, and then their other defensive end is like Chris Long or Trey Flowers, who right. are good players, but if you run right at them, uh, there could be a little bit of an issue there. I mean, that, that's what I look at. But uh, the other guys, um, really, mm. oh, is the kid is 74, Hamilton. That's right, the kid gotcha. from Ole Miss. He plays a little bit, but regardless, yeah, they can do that, get big if they wanted to, which I wish they would do more, but like Pittsburgh, they can play all these different fronts because – what is Ninkovich? Right. What is Dante Hightower? Right. Defense and linebacker. So they get really creative with, like you said, I don't know who's blitzing or who's coming. It looks like it's going to be a blitz, but it's really only three guys, and eight guys have dropped back in the coverage. That's where they were awesome. It's, so you wrote down in your notebook, Ravens, quote, why not run a little WTF? Yes. Um, look, man, it, I don't know why a team does that, but I also thought by not blitzing, I don't know why teams blitz bad offenses. Why do you need to sack Joe Flacco when he only throws in the flat? Why do I need to blitz Matt Stafford when he only throws underneath? Like, why, like, why blitz Jared Goff? Right. He's not going to figure out a seven- or eight-man deep. He's yeah. just not. Well, you, you blitz because you just don't want to constantly live on that. You don't, you, you don't want to constantly do zones and things like that. You just want to curve ball because the quarterbacks and receivers are so good at catching and throwing this day and age. Let me rephrase this. Yeah. Why blitz in like a game to go situation. Right. Like when it's like third and six and people blitz. When just create pressure with your front four and drop back. Stop giving one-on-one opportunities. Right. We watch it all, every game. Every week. We say it all every week with a lot of games. And, and, and to me, it's always it's the cop-out. It's the cop-out. The coach, the coach says, well, we were aggressive. My guy just couldn't cover their guy. That's yeah. what, It's a cop-out call. And I know you saw it in my notes. Like Baltimore, the one time. Um, in the red zone. In the red zone. He ends up throwing the touchdown pass. I can't remember who that touchdown pass Malcolm was. Malcolm Mitchell? It, w- it might have been the Malcolm Mitchell um, but regardless, they all out blitz one play. There's a wide open player in the flat. Suggs knocks the ball down. Uh, I do believe you're right. I think it was the Malcolm Mitchell. Yeah, across one. the middle. Because right. the first touchdown was LeGarrette Blunt. Right. So then what they do is the next series, I mean, the next play, they do the same blitz. But, like, it's Tom Brady. Like, there's no blitz on earth that he doesn't know and that him and Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, especially in the red zone, aren't prepared for with some type of proper route scheme and the protection scheme. So they did that, and it was a touchdown. And you know what happened the next time they went down there and got in the red zone? They faked the blitz and dropped everybody out, and Tom threw an interception to Eric Weddle. And that's what you do to... That was a really bad pick. Well, yeah, he just just panicked, and he... 
he, I think he thought he was going to have a little more time. And I, can't, I think it was Suggs finally got off the block just a hair before he wanted to. And he was just like, oh, throw it away. And he just didn't get enough I just on thought it. it was funny that they didn't even have a good camera angle, the interception. And I was like, ESPN doesn't want to show an interception of Tom Brady. Oh, they're so. They're protecting him. They will. I mean, ESPN does protect Tom Brady. There's no. Well, no. I, ESPN yeah. has more New England people working up there. Then I mean that was the one thing when I go up there. I mean they might as well be ESPN, New England's official sports. Well, you're right. Football. They do have um, the one girl reporter I can't remember. The Mike Reese is the guy. Uh, they have uh, the small guy that looks like Fendrick. Oh yeah, uh, even the guy who What's does his name? that. Well, I was gonna say yeah, uh, exactly right. And I Sean McDonough apparently grew up in the Boston area. Exactly that I right. Found out on the broadcast. Who's the guy that does the stuff at, after the game on the field with all the players? Uh, who's the guy? D- Levy. Levy lives in Boston. I mean, really? I I'm used to running in the streets of Boston. And I like that Simmons pinned himself as like, oh, man, I'm like, the, I'm the Boston guy. Your whole, the whole company is Boston. It's the whole underlings, too. That's when, like, even when I went on interview, interviews there, it was like, I, I, all I did is meet Patriot fans. And I want to go, well, damn, no wonder. That's all we hear about on SportsCenter when you watch ESPN. It's, if, if I do another Facebook Live and someone says, will anybody on TV ever talk about the Lions? I mean, it's all they write. Yeah. It's all I get. It's I true. And it's not just East Coast bias. It's certain teams that have the East Coast bias. Yes. But I will say, it's hard to argue about not putting the, the Patriots on TV a lot because they're the best team in the NFL, and they've been that yes. for the last 16 yes. years. Yes. They yeah. are. No, I know that. We, I, we, I mean, we talk about the Patriots every week, too, because you have to. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to. The way, I mean, the way Brady played the other night was, I mean, f- Awesome! It was amazing. Yes. Yeah, I had yes. to get in there. It was uh, before we get to the a few Twitter questions because we'll let them control, so we don't talk about the Patriots all the yeah. time. I I tweeted this, and I had a lot of people tweeting this. When I saw Shea McClellan jump over the center and block the field goal, which was huge. Mm-hmm. Turn my microphone up, up higher. I want to hear my yeah. That's <laughs> nice. I went. I went. Let me see what his vertical was. Because we've seen Michael, we've seen um, Cam, Cam Chancellor. Chancellor do it. We've seen other freak athletes. Right. Shane McClellan had a 31-inch vertical. Yeah. There's a lot of guys in the NFL that have a 31-inch vertical. Yeah. A, why is this not happening on every field goal? Right. And B, I had a lot of questions, including this one from Drew Whiteside12. Why doesn't the long snapper stand straight up after snapping, get hit, take the penalty? My answer to him was, I feel like there's nothing more in NFL that is more reliant on timing than snap, hold, kick. Yeah. And if you try and mess with that, you might mess it up. Right. He's is that be, the answer? Well, I, I, without a doubt. Or okay. if it's fourth and four and you hit the center by accident jumping all over the guy, you're going to get the first down. So, but that's why they're saying, so, why doesn't the snapper just shoot right up? Yeah, okay. So, but that's, or raise I'm just a saying, hand. That's why not everybody always jumps over, like in the short yardage situation. Gotcha. Because they don't want to give him the first down, right, and let him do that. But the other thing, too, is, yeah, you know, so they are snapping the ball, and just like when you throw a football, you kind of want to see it go to the target. I think if that was the case, you'd have guys being like, i got to worry about standing up here, and you're going to see a lot of errant snaps as well. I if would they worry hit about. the guard, does it matter, or is it just the center? No, it's just the – actually, I think it's just the center, but so I'm then, not 100% sure about that. Do you think that. teams will start putting a guy back there to start knocking that guy down? I think that they're going to have to start thinking about something in general, whether they have to start making maybe the guards stand a little bit and maybe stand in their anchor and maybe have a hand up like this, do something along those. Yeah. But it's definitely going to be something do- uh, I mean, that teams delve into here. The other thing, too, just with your vertical thing, like 31 and a half. Like, the NFL is stupid. They make their verticals worse than they are. What like, the mean? NBA gets to run yeah, you got and like a jump few up. Steps. Yeah. The NFL, literally, like, they stretch you out on a guy on a ladder to make to sure see you're how not, tall you are. Yeah, and they pull your arm up, like, basically out of the socket. They will give you a two-arm pull and be like, no, that's his ultimate reach right there. And you're there. like, when do I ever reach that Exactly high? right. And then they make you stand uh. directly under the, the object to just jump. You can't take a step. You can't do anything. So a guy like Shea McClellan, who has a 31-and-a-half at the yeah. NFL Combine, I bet you if you went to the NBA Combine, it'd be like 37. Right. You know what I mean? But I mean, regardless. that was part of the reason why he was a first-round pick. He's a very good athlete he at is. linebacker yes. out of Boise State. It's right. Pretty incredible how these guys go to New England. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. I wouldn't be surprised if that's outlawed, too, next year. Why? Because I just think that... What is the risk? I think they're going to be worried too about... Too entertaining? Well, the, or the like player safety issue, because they're going to be like, maybe the guards, if you overload the guards to block, they're not going to be able to stand up and do that. So they might say it's just one of these things that's kind of unfair. And what else are you going to do, too? Okay, yeah, the center snaps the ball. He tries to stand up. Oh, man, there's Cam Chancellor's knee in his head. He's got a concussion. He's in protocol. Now we don't have a long snapper, and the game sucks. 
I know, but those are the kind of things that we have to worry about this day and age in the NFL. I don't know. I would do it every play. So yeah, I'm 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 with you. I don't really understand why more teams don't try it either, especially in like fourth and ten field goals or fourth and nine. All right. To the Twitterverse with Josh Lots Josh of good questions. This really? Week. So thank you to everybody for uh, for Thank everybody. First up, Nate Burgoyne at Nate underscore, uh, underscore Burgoyne. Burgoyne. NFC South playoff push. Who do you take? How vital is Vic Beasley for the Falcons making a playoff push? Ooh. Answer the second part first. Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley. I mean, he's their only premier pass rusher in football. And Vic Beasley has got this little thing called confidence now. And he's like... Man, I got sacks, and you know what sacks do? It's just like quarterbacks or coaches who win a Super Bowl. Now they can start trying other stuff because he can go, man, I, I got the numbers I produce, so now I can try my spin move a few extra mm. times a game, my in-and-out move. And that's what you're starting to see now. You're starting to see like the guy just let loose and play football instead of worrying about it. He's got legit explosion. I mean, he has Von Miller explosion. Yes, I'm not saying he's Von Miller. But that's right. how quick his first step is, and that's how he can bend around the edge. His game last week was phenomenal. It's pretty unbelievable how him and Melvin Gordon are freak, freak, freak athletes, and it just took them a year yeah. to figure out who they were going to be in the NFL. Yes. Both of them were, were – are they're different guys now, and I have a feeling this will be the guy that lasts forward. Second question, your honest take of the NFC South. Who, do you, mean, pick, who do you pick to win the division? I, uh, I'm still going to go with Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's got San Francisco this week, right? And then what is it? The Saints and then the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they are hosting San Francisco at the Panthers, hosting the Saints. Right. So, I mean, that, that – They think, both play the Paints, Panthers and Saints. Yeah, the Saints will be scary for both teams, no yeah. doubt about it. Um, well, uh, listen, I, I don't really care. I'm going to jump the gun. I'm picking the Bucks to beat the Cowboys. I, picked, I already picked them. Uh, I think they're a really tough matchup, and I think that uh, without that pass rush in Dallas and the the way Jameis and that offense is orchestrated to throw the, the ball down the field, wow. and uh, and uh, listen, the way the Bucks Bucks don't people don't really realize like you got to screw you got to scrap the Bucks defense from earlier in the year, and you got to go to the Bucks defense post Atlanta. Post game. Atlanta, Mike Smith went in there, stopped blitzing as mm -hmm. much. The team is allowing 16 points less a game since then. Uh, you wrote in your notes, quote, D-line is f***ing killing it, yes. and that Gerald McCoy, upcoming guest, right. is unblockable. Unblockable. Uh, I would say I would say Gerald McCoy, um, he's, in the, he's, like, he's in that discussion right now with guys like Jadeveon Clowney, Von Miller, uh, Fletcher Cox, like for how disruptive he is, Sue. right? And Dominic, like best defensive players in football, like he's he is everywhere. The stats might not always show it, but trust me, Drew Brees knew Gerald McCoy was out there all game long, and I think a lot of that Saints O line. I mean, that Saints O line. You think about it, they did a good job against the Denver Broncos. Max they've, Unger, yeah, yeah, they've done a lot of good things all year long. They this is their biggest butt whooping of the year. I mean, he was under duress, and their run game could not get off. You wrote in your notes. I wonder what the time of possession is for the Bucks in this five game winning streak. Yeah, uh, in the last five games, so it goes all the way back to the Chicago game. They had the ball in the Chicago game for thirty seven minutes. They had the ball in the Kansas City game for thirty five minutes. They had the ball for the Seattle game for thirty three minutes. They had the ball in the San Diego game for thirty two minutes, and the ball in the New Orleans games for thirty three. Mm. So they've won time of possession, and winning time of possession by three minutes is a very long time most times of possession are about a one minute standard deviation yeah so three minutes standard in a, deviation i think that's the right thing i think it is three minutes i'll take sims even though <laughs> i really would have preferred you on that uh yeah i mean and when you look at them for the season they've won majority of time of possession yeah I, I always feel good because i don't look up those kind of things i like to just go with my naked eye so that makes me feel good that my eye was right uh, i think two things for that we've talked about Jameis winston and his maturity his He's ability protecting the ball more. protecting the ball and just taking short completions to keep them in good position second and four second and five and the other thing i'll say about dirk cutter which i have great respect for is he doesn't care if the run game is successful, he continues to run the ball, which is only going to play into the hands of his defensive line. Yes. Gonna, it gives them 10 extra snaps. They don't have to play a game to where now Gerald McCoy can say, oh, I'm coming after your butt. Um, but the big thing is, is Ew. like, uh, yeah, I guess that didn't come out quite right. But, yeah, even like last week is the perfect example. Tampa Bay is fourth in the NFL on time of possession, 31-25. Mm. Eagles, Cowboys, 
Eagles, Cowboys, Cardinals. Cardinals. Bucks, Ravens. Cardinals are the Raiders. ones that want to think. But even look at last week's stats. 23 rushes for 66 yards. It's great. It's something John Gruden, Gruden always used to bust into our head as quarterbacks. Like, the n- yards, hey, we like yards. That's icing on the, like on the cake. Attempts. Yes, they do a lot for an offense. Next on the tweets. Caesar A. Pion at Bebo Pion. Hail Caesar. He wants to know, how much is Dak being the starter over Romo related to Dak being the future of the Cowboys versus having a shot at the Super Bowl this year? And then his second question is, who has the higher ceiling right now for the Cowboys? I like that question. Okay. Um, Sims, Sims took a deep breath before. Well, I mean, listen, you, you don't mess up with this formula. I mean, just like we've been saying all year. They're, they're 11 and 2. I'm, I'm confused with all this because last week I was being told he was the MVP of football. This week I'm being told he's the backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So that's, that's what's driving. That's the shit that drives me crazy about this media job. Is, and this is not to our guy who's asking the question. But. I, I think how we, quickly people change. Right. We just got to respect, first of all, how many games has Tony Romo played in the last two years? Four? No. So to think that he's going to come in and be the Tony Romo that led the Cowboys into Lambeau Field in the divisional playoff game where he threw 38-9 and nine that year, like that guy is not going to be ready. Unless they started playing him right now, maybe they can get that guy for the divisional round of the playoffs. But you're, you're disrespecting the game of football if you think he's just going to come out there and be Tony Romo of old. And their formula is what it is right now. The team is bought into Dak. He's a good leader. They realize he's not perfect, but this is the kind of style of football that they've played and they've won. Mm. And um, that's where you go from there. And Dak, I, yeah, Dak has the, I guess, the ultimate higher ceiling. I mean, Tony's got so many question marks, you know, uh, just as far as how long can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy mm-hmm. anymore? Can he stay in shape because of the back issue? I mean, that was an how issue. How good is Dez anymore? Dez is not a top 10 receiver. Dez is still real good, but he's not top 10. Dez is, is lost. because he doesn't have that long speed? He's lost a step, no doubt about it. Yes, Dez, Dez is not nearly as scary. How old, how old is Dez? I'm going to say Dez is probably about 29, 28, somewhere in there. Um, but he's got a lot of wear and tear in it. He plays a physical brand of football for a receiver. And 20, he's had a, 28. And he's had a lot of leg injuries. You know, you got to think about it. He's had broken feet, I think, twice. Uh, he's had a few other leg issues as well. And the big thing with Dez, I mean, yeah, you said it. But, I mean, he could still beat you deep. The problem is when he has to play really good corners like Janoris Jenkins, yeah. they're not scared Janoris of him Janoris is like deep. the worst matchup for him he's, because he doesn't yes. have an inch on him. He is probably not as long as Janoris Jenkins. He's not quicker. He's not faster. It's like when you're playing a guy in basketball and you know you're outclassed. Right. And there's literally nothing you could do. Right. So you just take him to the block and hope he falls for a pump fake. Yeah. That's Dez's game. Yeah. Go to the block. Yeah. Lob it up. Let me see if I can outjump right. him. But guess what? You can't outjump Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, no. He's one of the worst matchups for him. Yeah, without a doubt, he is. He is a like, at least Malcolm Butler, he could push Malcolm Butler. Yeah, certainly. I mean, listen, I, I get it. I think he's had trouble with Malcolm Butler, too. Patrick Peterson would eat him up. It would be scary. Marcus yeah. Peters could be scary for yeah. a guy like him. Marcus Peters, at least, he could maybe get on a double move. Exactly right. And that. Janoris, you would think, too, but I guess Janoris didn't fall for well, him. Well, the, the that's the other thing that jumped out to me when I watched that game on film. The Giants didn't play man-to-man as nearly as much as I thought when I watched it on TV. TV. Spags is dialing them Spags up. Spags is like doing the Baltimore New England thing. A lot of creative zones, and it made it com- really hard on Dak. Dak's least impressive thing in the game was the fact that he was horrible in the pocket. It was the first game I was like, damn, he's seeing ghosts. He's moving for no reason. He stepped into the pocket into trouble for no reason. He moved out of the pocket and got in the way of Olivier Vernon when he could have just stood there and he would have thrown the in cut for a first down, but he moved for some reason. He was definitely just off his game, rattled maybe by the cold weather, the environment, and it just it got to him a little bit. Mark Bajan at 007 Sports, uh, long-time friend of the podcast. He wants to know, how much can a division affect how you build your team? For example, the AFC West needs good tackles to block all of those pass rushers. Uh, uh, I mean, because it's going to be six of your sixteen games, when, especially when you have an elite team like. I can guarantee you, everybody in the West has looked at Denver the last few years and gone, uh, "We need tackles." So the teams that you feel like you need to compete with to beat the division, certainly, like is New England changing the way they do anything for anybody in their division? No. no. They're that's, g- but that's my answer. Right. Is why ever build 
to the to the opponents. But but they've built. Why don't you go and get good tackles anyway? But like why that should yes. always be. Well, a yeah, thing. you're. I mean, obviously, yes, you're exactly right. You should have those pieces. But also, you're going to have to build even your New England. You're crazy if New England. You don't think they went into last offseason and said, you know what, we're not going to beat the Broncos next year unless we can run the ball and get some legit guards and centers to move people out of the way. And I think that's what they did. That's why they play the way they did. I think it was for that one one thing. So Off- so my my follow up to that would be, do you think so? The West, they're building for each other. The Patriots, do you think they're a team that because they know they're always going to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, they look at the, the other, other competitors? They're looking at like how we and Mike Lombardi, we talked about the eight teams that are actually winning the Super yes. Bowl. They're looking at the eight. They're not looking at necessarily their so division. So who is a team? But look at the NFC East. Let's think about that. Yeah. Everybody said, damn, the Cowboys O-line is good. We better get D-tackles. And the Giants went and got D-tackles. And you guys got Fletcher Cox. And, you know, the Redskins, I guess they didn't get that memo. But <laughs> regardless, I do think that's something that, yeah, I it goes I'll on. I think I'll never forget when the Eagles, it was the 2002 or 2003 draft, when they had just lost to the Rams. And they went and they took Lido Shepard, Sheldon Brown, Michael Lewis, first three picks. Right. And I'll never forget them going, oh, they're getting ready for the Rams. Yeah. They're getting ready for the Rams. Yes. Yeah. All right. It's interesting. Last so you, thing about the Denver thing that's interesting about the New England Denver thing this week. This is my point that I was texting. I like you how you're night. leaning forward to well, come in real close to talk like, to us about this. Like the people, are, I this think is how he transitions. I've yeah. heard this a lot during the week. Like, oh, Denver's desperate. They're going to put it all online. They don't have the pieces, uh, and New England knows. They're desperate, and New England doesn't care, and they want them out of the playoffs because New England looks at it and goes, the only thing that can beat us is somebody that's got something really elite. And Denver has And that. Denver has one thing that's elite. And, you know, like I texted you. they, they want to get revenge. I, I'm, I'm talking like defensive talk here. Motherfuckers be coming in the playoffs when they know it's the f- playoffs and Von yeah. Miller goes man we can't win unless I keep to leave exactly that dog in them. yeah it, it all comes out with the extra game planning and stuff so New England is going to get great pride and they're also knowing they're increasing their chances to getting the Super Bowl by Denver getting out of the party this they're week. one of the scariest teams for them I, I yes I think they that are. would be no because matter what they have the personnel that you can't scheme exactly because you can't scheme for Von right and if you do you also got to scheme for Tlaib yeah and then you got to scheme for and the safety. you got Shane Ray on the other side and you got uh, you wrote that down. You think Shane Ray's passed DeMarcus Ware? I, without a doubt, yes. It's uh, DeMarcus still a solid football player, but when I watch that film, I sorry, I go, man, Shane Ray. I mean, he's a player, man. He's all over he the place. Sometime, he's so much bigger than I always remember him being. Like, I remember in that draft, we kept talking that he's smaller, right. like he's a rusher, but I, I, he sometimes hits that spin move with that body, and I go, man, if this guy gets more reps, it's dangerous. Yeah, they're, they're getting him in there more and more. You said to me in the hallway today, Denver is done. Done. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, they had to run that that run game against the Titans got the best of them. Dude, these this New England run game is just as good. They're legit. Except they got Tom Brady too, not Marcus Mariota and a bunch of no name receivers. It's it's a scary matchup for New, uh, Denver. I don't think there's any way. Denver's just not big enough in the middle. Yeah. And I didn't see anybody move the Baltimore Ravens interior D tackles as well as I saw Shaq New England Mason move, and right. Joe Thune and Andrew and, Dave and David Andrews. Andrews. So yeah. the thing with Denver is they're one of those teams that they have a very 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 good team, but if they're in any bit of a hole, it's too much for them to get out of. They're yes. a, they're a poker player that if they have most of the chips, they are amazing. Right. But they do not know how to play if they're not the chip leader. Yes. They're a bully, yeah. and they don't have the chips right now. And it, it really is incredible, man, the, the, the Super Bowl hangover and yes. how it happens. Yeah, and they, listen, they can blame themselves, especially Gary Kubiak. I, again, I told you on Monday, his decision to go forward on fourth and goal from the two when, the, when they lost by a field goal, to the Tennessee Titans this past was weekend. so stupid. I mean, they just—it's an epidemic. It is that, and then of course, you know, I'm never going to get over the 62-yard field goal. Take the tie because you'd be in the playoffs right now. It's yeah, just, you're right. It's stupid. Because then they'd be at least in overtime with Tennessee, and they had all the momentum in the game. I mean, Simeon finished with 300 and something stupid. yards. Stupid. Yeah, I quarter coaches going for coaches decided to go for it on fourth down is the equivalent of defensive coordinators blitzing on third down. I'm going to win this game yeah. because in the presser afterwards, I want them to say that I have balls because it's the ultimate compliment of a coach. You're either a lab rat, which they give to offensive coordinators, yeah, you're right. or you're a big balls having defensive coordinator. <laughs> That's it. Riverboat, if, Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron. Jack Del Rio. If you hit a few times, you're gutsy. No doubt. And if you don't, you're fired. 
why don't you just take the points, you idiot? Yes. Before I do the last Twitter question, Sims, you brought up your text messages to me. You texted me last night, Beckham, Tyreek Hill, soccer, and that's all you said. I mean, you know where I want to go with this. Well, go ahead. Because I heard somebody on TV talking the other day, like, would the USA team be able to win if our best, best athletes? Well, I, you know, I don't know. You might cut this out. I don't really care. But, yeah, I mean. Be smart. You can still make a yeah. point without bringing I other mean, things into it. Are, are, you, are you kidding me? Like, I, when I heard that, I want to go, are you freaking kidding me? That if you put Odell in one wing. You put and our Tyra best athletes. Right. We go. Let's, let's go. LeBron let's, at goalie. Let's go LeBron at goalie. <laughs> let's put Odell at right wing. Tyree Kill at left wing. Um, let's put Ezekiel Elliott at midfield. Yeah, good okay? luck bringing him down. Right. And then we'll put Marcus Peters and. Because what they're going to say is, but they, I don't even know if they can dribble. I mean, are, yeah, great. They'll learn. Well, and I'm, well, not I'm, now. I'm talking if they like did Learned this in high school age. from yeah. then on. I mean, Messi. I mean, Noe. Noe, <laughs> Messi. You ain't going anywhere. Like, Tyreek Hill are going to be like, you're, I know Messi. Tyreek Hill and Odell Beckham Jr. will be jogging down the field next to like, Messi. Be like, they're paying you how much? Dude, what? It is incredible. I mean, I have met Saki Gazorla is a very big international soccer player. He is half the size of Josh. It's incredible. Whoa. What is that supposed to mean? Well, you're not tall, I'm and huge. he's half the size of you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're a Cub Jew. You're not but even a I just, Jew. I just yes. can't. You know, I just, I heard somebody talking about it, and you know, I've said that before. It's so just, hold on, really quick, so the Pro Bowl uh, is getting dodgeball. Cool. It's getting cool. They're doing dodgeball. Okay. Which, here, here's what my fear. So they're doing dodgeball. They're also having a target competition. We've been saying this for the last two years. Skills cool. competition. We yeah. want to bring back skills competition, but the number one thing we want. Is the 40-yard dash. I want the fastest man Bring it back. Yes. Fastest man. That's what we want. We want Tyree Kill next to Odell Beckham. No doubt. Run it. Yes. I want things that we that they take a lot of pride in. I like the events that they start off as a joke, and then like Matt Ryan scores a little bit high, and right. then Drew Brees gets, gets competitive, yeah. and then all of a sudden Stafford's like, let me show you that I'm really the best. That's exactly what would happen. What I would love is, here's what here's where it works. Let the guys that turn down the Pro Bowl game participate in the Pro Bowl events. Uh. I don't want to see Andy Dalton versus Eli Manning versus <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater yes. in the quarterback competition. Yeah. But if you go, we hey, Osweiler out there could be good. That's what I'm saying. I bet you that Osweiler turns <laughs> who cannot hit the target. <laughs> Osweiler will be like a Pro Bowler. That's how bad the Pro Bowl is going to be uh, every year. But if you could get all the really good quarterbacks and good guys that are not going to play, could because, be a musty event. Yeah, that's because. Here's what's going to happen. God forbid someone gets hurt in this dodgeball game. Yeah. Because that's really why all this went away. Is one of those guys tore his ACL in sand flag football. Yes. And they went, not worth it ever it was, again. Uh, I can't remember who it was. He Robert ruined, something. Uh, yeah, he ruined his whole leg. Uh, yeah. And he never played again in football. Can you imagine? No. Holy I can't. I mean, crap. just think about Tyler Eifert this year. Yeah, he got hurt. Robert Edwards. Yeah. Robert, Robert Edwards. Robert Edwards. Absolutely. Jeez. But Can I do no. one more Twitter question? And you know yeah, what I was going to say like real quick? More. You know one of the best skills things I ever watched was Dion against Rod Woodson. They did an AFC versus NFC relay race in the sand. And the last two anchors were Dion and Rod Woodson. And Dion just And the them. AFC was winning. And Dion hawked Rod Woodson <laughs> and then danced by him. It was in the sand. I don't know if they would have, like, you know, you could Google video it. But I remember as a kid being excited to watch Google that. Video. Or even... Or because here's the thing. Daryl Green versus Willie Galt in yes. the 60-yard fastest man competition. I watched it every year. Here's what you need to realize is some of these guys are the, they're the, some of the most insane athletes you're ever going to see. Mm -hmm. And football is a stop-and-start athlete sport, so it's explosion. Yes. And sometimes, let's take the pads off. Let's see just, just raw the athletes. Yeah, like if you saw Vic Beasley at the gym, I would, I would watch a Facebook Live of Vic Beasley benching. <laughs> I would, yeah. just to see. It. I mean, look, I watch, uh, what's that, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger well, And then even James Harrison, you loved watching that this week oh when he was talking gosh. as he's doing 225. I wear a sweatshirt because my arms are so damn big. It's great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's freaky, right, well, to we see somebody we, doing 225 uh, me, and my brother, like me and my brother, I went to Philly on Saturday, and what was that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Uh, Pumping, Pumping Iron. Iron, right. And what I was amazed at was not how big these guys were or the fact that they were lifting little weight or how much weightlifting has changed or how incredible Arnold Schwarzenegger was on camera. None of that. What I was amazed by was there's like sold out auditoriums with people losing their minds watching people flex their muscles. <laughs> so I went through a few things in my head. One, has entertainment gotten better? I would say so. Maybe that's part of it. Two, wow, I can't name one bodybuilder anymore. Like I'm sure in some smaller circles there are celebrities, but back then, 
like Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger became like Vin Diesel and The Rock. And Lee Haney. Lee Haney's the only guy I can think of that's another body. He, be- he beat all Arnold's records. But it made me wonder, do we need to do some Facebook Lives of just bodybuilding guys? And I also, you know what kind of kills me that I would never watch bodybuilding? Get rid of this dark paint crap that all these guys have to show their muscles. No, dude, you just got to rock what you got. No, they yeah, they put tanning stuff I on. Know, I know, and it looks absurd. And the weenie bikini's got to go, too. We are, we are deep down the rabbit hole I agree. Hole here. The we- like, can, just, can we wear a spandex and put a cup on there or something? Like, <laughs> I don't need to be looking at your like, junk. Last Twitter flexing. question here from Jacob Wexler. <laughs> Jacob, thank you for I submitting your question. At Jacob Wexler, too. You can follow Jacob on Twitter. He's got a really vibrant Twitter account. He wants to know... <laughs> Does Sims think John Gruden would have any interest in taking the L.A. Rams job? I have heard him mentioned a lot. Uh, well, um, his agent is the best. That's Bob Lam- the Bob Lamont hype machine. That's what you would call that in the NFL. That's what we used to call it. Bob is a master manipulator. I really get upset when any believes anything about John Gruden. John loves football. I'm sure the itch is there. Uh, but I do not think that is a real possibility. I really don't. It's not like the best job in sports. Yeah, I think it's just another ploy to squeeze a little bit more money out of ESPN and make his contract contract a hair more guaranteed for a hair more cash. Wouldn't but you think ESPN eventually would go like, honestly, John, we're not believing this anymore. Yeah, you want to go? Coach? Yeah, like, you want to go? Go like, there's a million color commentators that we can get. I think they're all in on John Gruden though. So. Let, yeah, I'll say this: the Gruden Grinder commercial where they're sitting there like, <laughs> Wiener gets the chair next week, motherfucker. You haven't shown anyone sit in the chair. No one is sitting at home going, man, I wonder who the Gruden grinder is. It's probably going to be a white fullback. But a shocker, he's choosing the unathletic linebacker. Like, the Gruden grinder is so stupid. It's so dumb. Uh, Oh, this guy. This guy right here? Oh, man, this guy. He's coming out of Alabama State. It's crazy, though. I love listening to it. It gives uh, me like weird like like goosebumps P- sometimes PTSD. in my neck. Right, yeah. you're just hearing your your former life. Uh, yeah. Right, and I could just like I put in like little phrases he says sometimes, and it's like literally like oh I oh, heard, man, th- I heard guy- that every morning at like seven forty five, and I want. And to I'm, get- I'm just gonna put this again. I know I, I'm just been. I like to bash the media. The vibe between him and Sean McDonough is so bad. And it it's is time so for bad. quarterback power rankings. Oh, okay, <laughs> brought to you by Chris Sims. I just no. I well, really quick. Yeah, I look really at the booth. I look at the booth. The best of the top booths. So it's on. And this is going to be weird because your dad's one of them. Sims and Nance, Aikman and Buck. Um, Tariko. Tariko. Michaels, Collinsworth. So right. I'm going to do Michaels and Collinsworth. Okay. Tariko's not there. In terms of the best vibe, I think Aikman and Buck like each other the most. In terms of the best flow out of each other, I don't know. They're, they're all so different. Yeah. Your dad and Nance are the most traditional. They are. And no like doubt. their flow, like I know it so well. Aikman and Buck aren't even talking about the game. <laughs> uh, but I think I think that um Michaels sets up They have they just Collinsworth talk. the best. That's the one thing I enjoy about them. They they literally just sit there and have a conversation for three and a half hours. It's the most natural. It is the most natural. And McDonough and Gruden feels the most forced. It, I agreed. But I do, I still love listening to Gruden because I know Gruden might be a little too much in the weeds for the most fan. I know that some of my friends no, hate like it. Too. He is but amazing. I enjoy at, it. He's amazing at going, Oh man, you gotta see what this pulling guard did here. Yeah, and yeah. no one else is talking. Yeah. I mean, Collinsworth hits on it too. Yeah. But he's like, Oh, nothing I like better than Kyle Yuschik getting in a second level, popping <laughs> Up and getting to the third. All right. No, uh, what are we doing? Quarterback power rankings. You, have, we, you have to uh, mouth them to me because I don't remember. Okay. The, so go. Quarterback power rankings from week 14 in the NFL brought to you by Chris Sims. Number five, Matt Stafford. <laughs> it's not mouthing. I know. Say. I was just messing. <laughs> Number five, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Mr. Throw an interception. Throw an interception. But start, p- start, throw pick six to get a yep, comeback. And then Le- Lefko became Mr. Media Guy Sunday. He's like, Oh, he did comeback win. They wouldn't know how to come back if he didn't throw an interception. Like, he's never going to make a mistake ever in his life. I understand that. Still, well, I give I give credit to Stafford, too, because he blew the game twice. I mean, they're going to put the game away, and he throws a touchdown in the end zone, if you remember. He, he bl- throws a touchdown in the I mean, the end an interception zone? in the end zone. They were going to put the game away. They were up, like, 13 to 10 or whatever. Okay. And I don't know oh, if yeah, you remember that would he threw be the overwhelming in the support, end zone. Yeah. And then... Then he throws the pick to actually go behind in the game, but still drives it's his team him. down the, the the way he drove in the second half. So let's go to number four. Number four. Number four. I His nickname is CC. They stand for something because he's a CC kind of quarterback. He's a 
Check down Charlie, but not lately. Alex Smith has been going deep. Yeah, Alex Smith. You know, again, it was not a great quarterback week, statistically. But this was in the cold. In the cold. Had a great post to Tyreek Hill. Had another great in-cut to Tyreek Hill. And I'll tell you what, I thought his best throw, he grew some balls, and that throw across the middle to Kelsey at the end of the game from, like, on his own five. Yes. If the Raiders were able to play mm-hmm. that field goal position game in the fourth quarter and Derek Carr could get all those attempts, it flipped the field. It yep. changed the game, and normally he wouldn't throw that ball. No. And then think about and it. the fact that you're giving him love is crazy. I am, because it's two weeks in a row, too. I mean, he did it a little in Kansas City, came out being aggressive. To Kel- I mean, in Atlanta, came out aggressive to Kelsey. You can remember, too, in the game, he threw the nice deep ball to Chris yes. Conley on the right sideline. Yes. I like what I've seen out of Alex Smith. And I like that so. Chris Conley's catching balls. No doubt about it. Because he is Malcolm Mitchell They're before dangerous. Malcolm Mitchell. Yes, he is. Number three. Number three. <sighs> Josh said it's Kirk Cousins, guys. It's Kirk Cousins against yeah. the Eagles, huh? Yeah. I, it was a very average game, I thought. Yeah, but it was the, again, I'm since I said, that, like, li- really, if you look at the passing leaders of the week, I think Oh, it was go. an awful quarterback there game. There was nothing really. Ben was awful. Right. No, yeah, it was a really bad. No one in the cards. It was a lot of bad weather. <laughs> It was, and Which I'm going to. I already put, know who number one's going to be. But right? I'm going to put his. I'm going to put his performance again because of quality of completions, big throws down the field to Crowder, the 80-yard touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. Yes. Um, I'm not always. I don't need to have 400 yards, but his 14 completions were daggers in the Eagles' heart. So tell me why Tom Brady's number two. Number two is. Aaron Rodgers. Stop it. You put Brady over Rodgers? I did, yes. Okay, so do you don't even need to go through them. Brady over Rodgers. Yeah. You came on Monday and said Rodgers is the greatest quarterback ever. You yeah. sat here in disbelief. You shook your head. I think you made this noise uh, multiple times. Yeah. Why Brady over Rodgers? Bra- I mean, I thought Brady was phenomenal the other night, even in just some of the throws he made that I think we don't even realize that the coverage was great. He made some great down-the-field throws. Like, even on the flea flicker. You remember the flea flicker to yes, Hogan? where they, they ran it off, and then he barely had any space against Gerard Powers. Exactly right. He threw a there. great throw. There was a lot of those throws. So, again, the quality of throws. Rodgers' guys were a little bit more open. Rod, yeah, Rodgers was amazing. And, like, you know, I, the game was always in Rodgers' hands. And also, this was Baltimore's defense. They can do creative things against New England. That has been an issue for New England. That's why they've had success up there. And I thought they struggled early. And once he got going, they're just... Why were people so obsessed with that touchdown to Chris Hogan? I I don't really know. I don't know what Eric Weddle was doing. Eric Weddle, it was definitely his fault. It's so unbelievable to me that plays like that, they go, what did you guys see out there? And I wish they would go, well, the safety... up. Yeah, well, I mean, and like, no, but it's it's it's. I looked at him, and he looked at me, and we and we were on the same page, and we were feeling it. Like they, that's what everyone was saying, I and know. I'm like, the safety bit on the play action fake, and he went deep. I know. I don't know. I, Am I, know. I crazy? No, you're not. And I don't know why Eric Weddle is uh, biting on the play action fake as the free safety in a single safety Who can't defense. Tackle anyone. Well, I just don't get it you know, for a veteran player like that. That's just a bonehead move. You have but one responsibility: don't bite on the play yeah, action. Yeah, and the big thing is too. I even wrote this in my notes. Like, it's like New England when they do play action, though, they make it look exactly like their run. Like they don't do play action and just do the motion with their back and their quarterback. They pull the guard too and do things like I that. I love so, a pulling guard play action. Right, Guaranteed nothing sells it more. Lose. Only good teams can do it. it. Time. Uh, by the way, like Garrett Blunt is making me look good with some MVP stuff. He is so important to that team, but Brady is. Well, yeah, Brady's the most but but again, team. you know what they did early in the game? They came out throwing like a bunch of idiots, and then they said, "You know what? Let's run the ball." They started running, and then they came to play action yeah, pass. They, they all think themselves. They do. They all think themselves. Three teams that are guaranteed to lose in Week 15. If you have these teams available in your survivor pool, you better snatch them up quick. First team, well, guaranteed. You would want to snatch there. Opponent. They're friends. First team guaranteed to lose. Oh, you went two and one last week. By the way, you lost the Panthers. Oh, right, that's right. Thirty-three and nine. The this old Panthers came back and got me. Oh, he's going to the monsters of the midway. He's the monster quarterback. He's unstoppable. So the Bears are the Bears to are going to lose because Aaron Rodgers coming to town. And Sorry, they have and you learned on the Monday podcast they found their fearsome fivesome: yes. Ty Montgomery, Devontae Adams, Ripkowski, Jordy Nelson, and Jared Cook. Defense is playing good. Defense is playing real good. And what's the Bears' greatest strength? Their Line. pass rush. And maybe? I would say Jordan Howard. Yes, right now. certainly. But I was just going to that side of the ball. You're right. Jordan Howard is one of their greatest. You can strengths. make it weird, dude. But 
I just don't think – as much as McPhee and Leonard Floyd, who's a superstar, they're not going to be able to get to Rodgers, and they can't play man-to-man, so he's going to dice them apart. Right now the best matchup I'd like to see would be Packers-Bucks. Can the speedy linebackers make it tough for Aaron Rodgers? Be interesting. It will be. Next team. <laughs> Guaranteed to lose. Just if you're going to play San Francisco, that means you're probably going to win. Hey, hey, the Falcons. The Falcons. Are going to win. It's the. Yeah, the Falcons get the Rams and Niners back to back in a playoff stretch. Oh, That's perfect. Oh, my gosh. The 49ers. What a freaking disaster. And you got to go down to Atlanta. Are they a disaster? Like, they're really cra- bad? Yeah, they're kind of a disaster. They blew yeah. that I want to watch game. that film, but I, I mean, that was a disaster to blow that game in general. To be up 17 to 3 and let Bryce Petty come I go, back. oh, okay. Carlos Hyde wants to run it with that horizontal run game. Yeah, good luck against Deion Jones and Devonde Campbell and Vic Beasley. Like, they're going to run that crap down in, in three seconds. So. And the final. Team. Negative Ghost Rider. Guaranteed to lose. Oh. If you're going to lose, it's going to guarantee it. Which team is he going to guarantee? It's the easiest one ever. The, the easiest one ever. Browns at the Bills. No. 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 Broncos no. to the Patriots. No, no, no. no, 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 no. They fired their coach. They Rams got Rams at the Seahawks. Thank it's you. A Thursday game. Is that allowed? Yes. Okay. Josh ain't the commissioner of this crap. Yes. There's, there's no chance that the Rams. The Rams will make that close. I feel like the Rams only get one win over the Seahawks every year, and they've already gotten it. Yeah, the Rams' defense will be a Dude, pain. What do you think John Fossil is doing this week? He's like thirty-something years old. He's a little special teams guy on a short week going to Seattle. Do you think he's going up there going, come on, guys, we're going to do this for, for, for coach? I think he's a pretty good football coach in general. I mean, I've been around him a lot and his father throughout his career. He's, he's dialed in. He knows the game of football, and I think he's going to be – I think he's going to do his best to make sure that team is extremely detailed. So what here's the deal, got? guys. What do we got, Josh? We got Gerald McCoy on the line Holy right now. Crap. So we'll talk to Gerald. We'll hit the game picks afterwards, and then we'll get Chris out of here. All right. That sounds perfect. Oh, Let's, baby. Le- you want to do it? I just want to sing I mean, his favorite song, Texas Fight, Texas Fight. Stop, 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 <laughs> stop, right there, stop. You know, I still have nightmares of Boomer Sooner, so I just have to give it back a little. Hell yeah, from- I, and I, Hey, man, I hate every time that song gets started up because you know – Usually, y'all just scored a touchdown, and I know was, I was on the field, and it was my fault. So I really hate hearing it. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. The feeling. Yeah. Vivo just be sitting there, just looking, and yeah. I think it makes me even more angry what happens. Just look him in his face, just like. Well, Bevo's like you. You look at him in the face too much. He's gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> man, hey. thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. You are uh, kicking butt right now. Well, let me give the official intro. Hailing from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. He was the third pick in the 2010 yeah. draft. He is absolutely dominating this season. Seven sacks in his team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on a five-game winning streak in which, yes, Jameis is balling, but the defense is kicking that ass. Gerald McCoy, guess what? It's episode 93. You're number 93. It's perfect. How are you, my friend? I'm good, fellas. How you guys doing? Dude, I want to ask you this. What is it like to be one of the most dominant players in the NFL, but because you play in the NFC South on a team that hasn't been good in a little bit, people never want to give you respect? What is it like to go, hello, I'm kicking ass down here. Why is nobody talking about us? Uh, you know, well, you just kind of, you try to stay the course, you know, you don't really worry about the outside noise and, um, you know, it's really a group effort. Everybody coming together, man. And, um, just realizing that, uh, we, we were better than what we were putting out there, you know, and, uh, guys are starting to come together as a unit and it's starting to show up. Uh, I mean, that's where I want to start, kind of just where you just said. Like, what is it? What did you guys do Yeah, what happened change? after the Falcons Yeah, game? right. What, what, has, what, is, what do you attribute to the biggest reason for your success in this five-game win streak? Well, definitely on, on the defensive side of the ball, it's our communication. You know, we had a meeting where we sat down, and um, Coach Smith sat back and let the players talk. Um, and he would go through a play, and he would let the players say what this is and what, is, what, it, what it is and why. And when guys were speaking up, we found out right then that guys were thinking two different things about the same play. Ah. So 
if you got guys thinking two different things about the same play, then you already, you know, messed up. Because that means you can have ten doing one thing and one doing the other one in mm-hmm. defense. You're going to get exposed. This is the NFL. So it was our communication. Guys being on the same page. And once Coach started letting us talk it out as players, and we really got to speak up, and we've been having a lot of players only defensive meetings mm. um, week. So it's helping us, man. And for defense, it's been our communication, and it's completely changed that game. I'll tell you what. Just from looking at rosters, the athletes that you guys have at linebackers, the studs that you have at corner, and you're too deep right now, the defensive line, is there a defense that you think really stacks up to yours right now? Because you got all the pieces. Uh, I'm not sure about that. You know, I I, I know that um, we definitely putting in all the work to make sure that we do everything to get the ball in number three's hands. Because uh, you know he's playing lights out, and you know anytime he has the ball in his hands, something special can happen. So that's just all we trying to do, man, and uh, just stay in the course, stay in focus. Hey, well, so that's where I want to. I'm going to go number three. I want you to talk to number three and what makes him special, just inside the locker room. And then I know it's Wednesday, and you got your first digestion of Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I want to know your thoughts. Yeah. So first, Jameis Winston. Right. When he starts talking, do you guys look at each other and go, "Where the hell is this coming from?" Because it's like a, it's like one of those like world class preachers that he just, it, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, he's got he just got an old soul, man. And uh he's far beyond his years, you know, very mature. And uh, I think he's always been that way. You know, the things he did that made him, you know, people made what made him a question mark coming out of college, I think he was just a kid. You know, he was just young, but even so, he won the Heisman, you know, his first year starting in college. And that doesn't just happen, you know, you have to have a certain level of maturity, you know, continue, became the first overall pick in his plan the way he's playing and getting guys who have been in the league for years to listen to him. You know, usually you get a guy like that who's only in his second year, he's still listening to the older guys, but he can control the room, man, and it's just his passion and love for the game. But more importantly, he backs up what he talks about. Yeah. You know, uh, he just – he made a statement that he's not a loser, and ever since then, you know, we've been winning. <laughs> he just – and he, he just – he'll say something to us in the locker room and he'll go out there and do it. What's you know, incredible, just, I've never seen, Gerald, someone pump fake more after passing the line of scrimmage and <laughs> defenders fall for it. Every week, he's five yards down the field pump faking, and guys are biting. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's very crafty, man, and uh, he's really intelligent. And um, that's what, honestly, that's what makes him really good, man. He puts in the work. You know, I get here to the building every day around 6 o'clock, 6 a.m., and he's already here. So I can't imagine what time he's getting here, you know, so – He's definitely putting the work in. To Sims' second question, I'm going to say one name, and I just want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Zach Martin. He's incredible, man. The thing about him is he's he's already very talented, but to be that big of a guy, you know, and be that hard to move, right? It just it's a it's just a plus. It's like um LeBron James. You take a guy who is as gifted as he is, but not only that, he's six nine, two sixty, two fifty, whatever he is. You know, Zach Martin, the thing about him is is he there's really no give. He recovers so well. You may get him on the first move, but then he recovers so well, man. He's never out of place, and he's he's very, very, very technically sound, man. And I love playing against guys like him because it makes you push your game to the next level. So it's going to be fun. Gerald, I said on Monday that I think it's a cop-out when people say, oh, an offensive lineman or, or someone like that can't win MVP. I think Zach Martin's the MVP of that team. And like someone like you who destroys a game plan, oh, well, the statistics aren't there. Do you guys get pissed off that it's always a quarterback winning the MVP when, when you know football that's not always the most important player? Yeah, well, you know, it's a team game, and I'm sure he feels the same way. You know, he just does his job and goes about his business. He doesn't even look like a guy that, you know, even really cares about accolades. He just he just like a blocking machine. He just loves to block. That's what he looked like when you watch him on film, and um, he, he's great, man. He's he's really good, and I enjoy watching him. It's going to be fun. I love, I love this game, mm. and I'm a fan of – the great players of this game, and he's one of the great players, and it's like a, it's an honor to me when I get to compete against these guys because these are the best players in the world. Mm. You dream of times like this as a kid to play against these guys and to go out there and compete. I don't know. I don't understand why 
people will face a talented guy or the number one at what he does or whatever, and they back down. This is what you dream about as a kid is to compete against people like this. As a defensive lineman, these are, this is a dream game. You're going against the number one rushing offense, uh, the best offensive line in, in, the, in the game, and you get to play against them in prime time. That's, mm. that's fun to me. That's fun to me. I don't see why people look at it as a, oh, my gosh, here come the – no, just respect them for who they are. And go play the game. Right. And that's how I'm attacking the game. I love, I love competing against the best. It's I fun to me. That. Sounds like Oklahoma, Texas, baby. <laughs> but all right. Uh, so, uh, but also, just into that, I mean, first of all, I think Zach Martin's the best offensive lineman in football. I just want to hear you. Do you think that as well, or at least the best guard? And then just your thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott when you first turned on the film today. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's an accurate statement, or you can have a valid argument for why he is. Yes. You know, I think he's definitely in the argument. Without a doubt, you can't mention the best offensive lineman in the league and don't mention this guy. You know, and and if a person says he is the best, you can't tell him he's wrong. Right. You know, right. you gotta you gotta tell him why he's wrong. And you, I, I don't think anybody can come up with enough reasons to say why he's not. And as far as Ezekiel Elliott goes, man, um, you know, just low to the ground, very powerful, very athletic, but he's got he's got the heart of a lion, man. You can tell when he runs the ball. I remember back in the preseason. I think they were playing Seattle, yes. you know, and he had been out for a little bit, and he went up against Cam Chancellor yeah. once. Then he went up against him again, and then every it was like a, <laughs> yeah. I'm letting y'all know I'm here too. You know, I'm not just just because I'm a rookie don't mean I'm not here too. You know, I'm 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 out here too, and that was his moment of letting guys know, hey, I can do this, and he's been showing it all season. And once again, I don't care, I don't get this whole. Well, guys are young, they're rookies, they're this, they're that. They're in the NFL. And once you're in the NFL, there is no, well, he's this, he's that. I don't – once you're here, you're here. Yeah. So, him being that talented this young, that's very that's very good, you know. So, But I'm still a fan of his, too. So, him competing, he's right now the best running back in the NFL. I don't think people argue that. You can't. You can't. Look at his statistics. So it's going to be fun playing against him too. Um, You're going against the best. This is this is this. These are the types of games that I love. I love these types of games. It's going to be fun. You uh, you said there's an argument with Zach Martin. Uh, you face the other guy that we think is up there, Kalechi Osemele. Mm-hmm. So Osemele or Martin? I don't know. I don't know. So it man. is cl- it you, is close oh, though. If you got well, they both play one left, one right. You put them both on the same line, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long day. That is a long day, man. You grew up in Oklahoma, and I know a lot of people in Oklahoma are somehow Cowboys fans. Did you grow up a Cowboys fan? Yeah, I did. I was a Bucks fan. Warren Sapp made me a Bucks fan. Ah. But Oklahomans, we, we're Cowboys fans. That's, that's, just, that's why we hard. play in Dallas. The Red River Rivalry is in Dallas because their yeah. Oklahoma, where their school is, is actually closer to Dallas than Texas is. Man, so what so. is it like when you face the childhood team as the competitor that's trying to knock off the number one rushing team? Right. Yeah. Um. Shoot. I I had a blast with it last year, but the stakes that are up this year, man, yeah. makes it even better. You know, and I was I was excited to see them on our schedule, you know, when I first seen them. But, you know, as time got closer and then how things played out going into this game, the game getting flexed, man, this is going to be this is going to be fun, man. I don't see why people don't see this as, you know, just like this is going to be so fun. You know, I, I can't wait to get out there. That's awesome. Hey, guess what? Flex on them, Gerald. We're about to make our game picks. Sims already said he's picking the Bucks. Yeah, baby. You, man. Yo ho, yo ho, the Pirates' life for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See awesome. you, man. Good Enjoy luck. Keep kicking week. butt, man. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. See you, brother. Gerald McCoy, number ninety-three. Uh, McCoy. So my one thing before we do our game picks is. Why do you think he keeps saying, I don't understand why people aren't amped about this? I have a few theories. One, are there guys on his team right now that are not saying that? Highly unlikely. Two, is most of the media he's dealing with asking him negative kind of questions? What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? Why do you think he was saying that? I would think that would be more of what it is. It's that 
Do you think there's any chance there's people in the locker room right now that are going, I don't know? I don't think so. Because he said that a lot. Like, every he, answer he said that. He did. I, I think it was more that. I bet you he's being asked the last two days, like, you guys think you're ready to play in primetime football against the uh, best team in football? Like, and he's probably like, what? Why yeah. are you even asking me this? Like, of course I am. So I always like to yeah. break down the psychology of right. why they're saying that. I love that. Dude. And yeah, I know. Also, he's 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 driving himself up. He's You're just, probably right. You know, he's like, I, I got to play Dallas Cowboys. This is awesome. I'm playing the Dallas Cowboys this week. I got to play Zach Martin. He's it is awesome. funny. It's kind of like when you're talking to a boxer and they've been staring at someone's picture for six months, and they hate that guy. And they have to mentally create reasons to dislike that person. Whereas he's saying that with Zach Martin, maybe if I compliment him too much, I'm I'm allowing weakness in. So I have to go, competition, I'm on the same level. I can do this. That's interesting. You guys are freaking weird. (laughs) What you guys do to get amped is crazy. It's like me and Josh with darts. It's the same thing. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Got to throw darts. <laughs> Game picks? Yeah, so how Game bad picks, hurry we? up. We so got- week 14, we got eight minutes left in the podcast. We got six games to pick. You guys agreed on every single game this week, so we can move through this really fast. Are you serious? The recap from week 14, real quick, you guys agreed on three games. Indianapolis, Houston, you guys got wrong. You picked Colts. <laughs> Dallas Giants, you guys picked Dallas. That was wrong. The Giants won. Washington at Philadelphia, you guys pick, uh, both picked Washington. Great job. Arizona Great at Miami. Job. Lefko, you picked Miami. Sims, you picked Arizona. Lefko gets one. Sims, you got it right back, though, in the afternoon game. Seattle at Green Bay. Sims, you pick Green Bay. Lefko, you pick Seattle. That's so crazy. I put Both so of you went two and three on, on the week. Sims, you are 30, 43, and two overall. Lefko, you are 36, 37, and two overall. Man. So who's winning? You're winning by a lot. By a lot? I mean, you're winning by – you got six games on them. Six games. Oh, my God. All right, Go so way back. first game that you guys agreed on, I'll just reveal the Go picks ahead, because – Wow, we made all the – Detroit games. at the Giants. You guys are both going with the Giants. Mm. I, uh, that was I, a tough one. Yeah, like I want to pick Detroit. Right. I just – people are like, oh, man, that Detroit defense is good. They're going to limit Eli. The Giants defense with Matt Stafford is going to be a tough. really hard game right. for them with no running game at all. Right. They're the same freaking team. It's they're very similar, exactly right. And I'm just taking the team that's at home. Exactly. Colts that, at yeah oh, that ahead. that and then there's like Detroit doesn't play a lot of man to man. I just think like Eli built a dink and dunk, and I'm not sure if people will get open consistently. The, for Bradford. Really quick. Yep. The only other thing that I'm going to say is because I tried to look up something before these picks because I hate doing these picks. Uh, Giants are six and one at home. And no one talks about that. And they really dominated the game they lost. Yes. They, the Redskins Washington. Game, yeah, right. They so I looked at that and went, you know what? Some teams are different at home. Yeah. The uh, the Lions, they're three and three away, which means they're six and one at home too. Colts at the Vikings. Team. You guys both picked the Vikings. Yeah. I, I just think Andrew Luck against the Vikings defense by himself is in trouble. He's going to have to pull literally four rabbits out of his ass to win that game. Which Pittsburgh. He's capable of doing. That sounds really painful. Four rabbits. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. You guys both picked the Steelers. Yes. Just think they're a better football team. I mean, have you seen Cincinnati's run defense lately? The only guy that I've can not. stop the run is Geno Atkins. Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't they didn't stop the run last week against Cleveland. I didn't watch the film yet, but I know it was horrible just from seeing highlights and the condensed version of the TV yeah, copy. I mean, what's his name? Isaiah Quell had like 13 carries for 100 and whatever. Exactly right. But it's more the the Steelers have finally changed their identity. Mm-hmm. We don't have the horses, but we do have Le'Veon Bell, and we're going to ride this possible MVP guy I, into the you. dirt. Tennessee at Kansas City. You guys both picked the Chiefs. Ooh, this was a tough one. Did you? I was very close. I thought you were going to pick the Titans. Yeah, I'm just picking the Chiefs just because I think that Alex Smith will push the ball a little bit. And they're 5-1 and one at home. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to ask you this. How big of a loss is Derek Johnson? Not just schematic, but in the locker room. Yeah, Derek is... Derek's, Derek's a not a leader that way. Derek is a guy that you just know is a really natural, instinctive football player. Do they have the guys to fill in that gap? No, not really. I what mean, is he? You know, he is still can really run. Is he uh, a run stopper or a pass ooh, defender? No, De- I mean Derek in his prime was both. I want to know now. Yeah, right now he is more of a run stopper, but still athletic enough to stay on the field on third down. He was the guy that stayed on the field. So for who goes in there now? You know, I think Zombo. I think you're going to see exactly right people like Zombo in there. I think they'll get creative with like Ramik Will. And the safety Sorensen, 49, he'll be in there They're a lot. They're so loaded so. in the secondary and the D line, yeah. but linebacker was that weak spot. It is the one spot. So you're a, do you need to see the film to see the Well, impact? their run defense is no good anyway, so I don't right. think you, you can't forget that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they, there's – the, Was he guarding tight ends? Uh, he got his tight ends a lot, yes, and running backs. So He's who do you think slides there now, the safeties? I, I think that's where they're going to have to be like creative and get Ron Parker, Sorensen, 49, Shh. 
happen in the box. All right, so Delaney, they're going to get run on this week. Guarantee that. So Delaney Walker could have a big game too. He could. All right, because I just I look at Kansas City and go love the team, but that's a guy where it's I think it's right like a thirty twenty seven type of game. Like Chiefs win thirty twenty seven. New England like. at Denver. You guys both picked the Patriots. I um, we already I, talked I, about I that one. I can't believe it's New England minus three. New England's favored by three. Yeah, but yeah. it's only three. Yeah. Well, it is in Denver, and people have last year's memories of that AFC championship game in their head. They just don't realize this is a different New England team. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, Denver. Different Denver team, too. Yeah. Denver doesn't start their <laughs> offense until halfway through. No, the and third. this is scary because they're not going to, like, go, like, oh, we'll just leave you man to man on Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius so you can throw it up. No, they're not doing that. So that's going to be trouble for them this week. It's going to be the system's going to have to get people yeah, open, I just, and that's not I, capable. I don't, see the, I don't see Denver being able to score, and I think the Patriots are creative enough to mess with the Broncos. And that defense. run game, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I, when I say they're done, they're not done, but they're going to lose this week. They're just they're going to lose this week, and they're going to need to help New other England teams lose on the road, six and zero. Oh. Buy them. And your last game here on the docket that you guys agreed on: Tampa Bay at Dallas. You guys both picked the Bucks. I can't believe that. I can't either. I didn't. I thought I was going to be crazy. <laughs> I was like, I'm taking a chance here. I can't. Do I it. think that Dallas. I don't know about Detroit, but I think they're going to lose this game, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be. Pandemonium. I said it Monday. We might have like a like a, a legit quarterback a legit controversy. quarterback controversy for either a one or two seed. All right, in the playoffs, and it's going to be nuts. Let's wrap this thing up so Sims can get home. Actually, no, you screwed with me that one time. I had to Are leave. you babysitter Sims? Tonight? I'm babysitting. Now let's keep that. this thing going. Yeah. So Sims is not going to the. I'll Christ- talk all night. You're not going to the end of the year party. I'm not going to the. Is there anything you'd like me to yell in a public forum that you would normally do? Oh, like Josh's girlfriend's going to be there. So let's see. Uh, well, whatever you say, I can't say it on the podcast, podcast anyway, so it doesn't pa- matter. Parents listen. Just embarrass Josh. That's all I care great. about. That's yeah. Great. That's great. That's great advice. Yeah. That's no, really good. I, I go to these things and I become the mayor. Yeah, that's tough. Hey, hey, Adam, it's me, guy that, that walks by you in the hallway with his eyes down. But now I'd like to introduce you to my girlfriend. Because I've had two drinks, and I finally am coming over to say Which hi. Which I love, because you know me. I get a weird satisfaction out of talking to people in oh, the office. I, oh, I know. I walk around the office. I say hi to everybody, because I genuinely love this place. But that's the weirdest thing for me is when I go, and I don't bring a plus one. And the best thing of a plus one is they get people's names for you. Yes. They go, hi, I'm Jennifer. You're right. Nice to meet you. You're right. And you go, yes. And we have a lot of new people in this office. I don't know it. I know. There's a lot of new ones. I know. All right. For Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. Uh, enjoy week 15 games. Thursday football, Saturday football, Sunday football. We will be back on Monday to break it all down. Episodes coming up 94. See you guys later.